This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Urban Youth Academy is one of the special places in Kansas City. In just a few years, it's made a major difference in the lives of many kids in our town. Urban, suburban, and rural kids can all get together and play baseball and learn about each other and what makes everyone special. The executive director of the UIA is Darwin Penny. Darwin has years of experience playing pro baseball and coaching in high school and college. We sat down to talk about how baseball and sports can bring our country together. Well, obviously, Darwin, a, a lot has been going on over the last couple of weeks from a sports perspective, from a, a race relations perspective in the United States of America. So much to talk about and so much to discuss. And you guys out at the Urban Youth Academy, I think, have a kind of a unique perspective of trying to, to bring everybody together, whether it's rural, whether it's suburban, whether it's urban, whether it's youth, whether it's adults. You guys do a great job of trying to bring everybody from all kinds of cultures together down at the Urban Youth Academy. What have the last couple of weeks been like for you guys? Um, the last couple of weeks for us has been where we've tried to, to slowly uh, reopen our facility, um, staying within uh, CDC uh, guidelines, uh, within the mayor's uh, initiative to uh, trying to be at 50% capacity. Um, also trying to figure out what baseball and softball look like in view of this pandemic. Um, Certainly, uh, we fall under this great umbrella of the Royals and Major League Baseball, and so we want to be sensitive to the things that they have. But we are, in a nutshell, trying to get kids and families back to a sense of normalcy. And so what we started out is by having team practices here, and then um, as we get farther down in in the summer, we'll get back to some of our normal programming. We are doing some programming uh, virtually um, later this summer with some of our, our or science of baseball camps and things like that. But uh, we just want to provide a, a, our place as a resource for people to get back to what, what normal life looks like if we can get back to that. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's been kind of, you know, slow, obviously, to get back to that normal life. We've had our first couple of softball practices and games. And, you know, really the only difference that I've known instead of shaking hands at the end, you wave to the other team and, and, and that kind of stuff. And so I, I think we, we all kind of went in thinking it was going to be a little bit different. But once the kids got out there and played, man, it was, it was baseball. It was softball all over again. And you could just see the joy in their faces. Like, it was so needed for our kids to get out there and start playing again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a couple of the RBI teams uh, locally, the first thing that they said to me is like, Coach, this was so needed. Thank you for opening up the facility for our kids to to get back at, you know, something um, that's dear to them, something that's um, part of their normal culture and to make them feel like kids again. You know, they've been bottled up with so much energy inside and uh, being limited in where they could go. Uh, you know, we're, we're thankful that we can provide that resource. And so, um, you know, we're just trying to move forward. You know, we may be a little bit slower than some people, um, but there are some guidelines and umbrellas that we fall under that we, we have to stay um, in step with them. So when you, when you see the kids start to come back and even some of the coaches start to come back, what's the response been from the kids in particular to, to, to have the ability to go out there and just get, kind of get back to baseball and get back to living that normal life? So they're, they're ecstatic. The hard part for them is to say, hey, we've got to practice social distancing. You know, they're all used to hanging all over their teammates and high-fiving and doing all the things that they normally would do. But, you know uh, – when you're young, man, you, your your mind is 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 very seldom on the uh, the traumatic things that go on in this world, man. I, man, I know when I was that age, it was just about playing ball and what's next. Uh, uh, you tend to be able to compartmentalize a lot better at that age because you don't have the worries of the world. You're not worried about supporting a family and 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 trying to be for many of us today, politically correct and the things that we do, the things that we say and worried about other people's feeling, man, you get out to what's normal for you and let's get out and to compete and to play and to have fun and to be young and to, to be vibrant. Uh, I think that's what I see in the kids as they're, as they're coming back through the door with big smiles on their faces. Well, and, and I think that's so important. You said, you know, to, to get these kids to smile. And in this country over the last couple of weeks after the, you know, the murder of George Floyd, we've not had a lot of, uh, you know, people smiling in this country. It's been very, very divisive. And you guys, I think, have a unique opportunity. And, and anybody who deals with kids has, has a unique opportunity of bringing so many people together. How, how do you guys kind of you know, deliver that message to kids and start kids from a young age? to learn that there's no reason to discriminate against anybody, no matter what race, color, creed, or anything like that. So uh, one of the things that we did is we had a, um, we had a virtual Zoom call that our kids that were part of our programming could call in and to be able to express themselves about what they've seen over the last month, two months, and everything. And I, and I know there's a lot of sensitivity around uh, Mr. Floyd's death, but there are other uh, other deaths that have occurred just since COVID hit. And so uh, we, we don't want to forget those people as well. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, why are these things happening? So we wanted to provide for them a platform where they could express themselves. And then we also wanted to talk to them about how, how do we come to resolve? You know, we want to talk to them about how you can uh, be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem because I, I do believe that racism is is taught. It's not an acquired taste 
um, because if you were to take two babies born at the same hospital in the same bassinet next to each other, they, they have no problems with each other. Most kids, if you put them in a pre-K class, they have zero problems with each other. It is only once our eyes have been opened by somebody who has tainted our way of viewing people is, is then where uh, racism and prejudices start to evolve. And so um, we make sure that we have a united goal and a mindset that when we go out here, you're on the same team. Uh, we are part of the Royals way of doing things and, and, and it doesn't matter. Everybody's the same. We expect you to, to respect, uh, respect everybody, uh, treat everybody with kindness um, and then go out on a daily basis uh, of trying to make sure that you uh, interact with somebody who's not just like you. Um, we have a, a program here that's called the I am program where we, we are intentional about having kids that are not from the same neighborhoods get a chance to know each other. It's almost like having a pen pal back in the day and, and you spend time getting to know that person and to see what their likes and dislikes are. And, and, and then you find out that you have a whole lot of commonality when you, when you get through it. And so uh, we're going to continue to try to expose kids to things that are different, uh, when when we host our travel teams and we go um, away on trips like to the All-Star game, we, we're intentional about making sure that they room with somebody who's different than they are, not somebody that they already previously know. And, and even in our basic program, if we got 75, 80 kids here at a program, one of the things that we always challenge them on is get to know somebody that you didn't know before today. Learn somebody's new name. And then hopefully the next time you guys see each other, there'll be something in common. So how did, how did you guys get to that point? Because that sounds like, wow, to me, I'm listening to all that, getting goosebumps going, man, that is like one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. How did you guys arrive to that becoming part of the, the curriculum and the plan? Well, it was something that was kind of uh, spurred by um, obviously all of ours experiences that we've had as, as young people and adults growing up. And then, um, Clee Ross, our, our baseball program coordinator, was like, hey, let's just start this I am program, right? Let's start, you know, where people get to know each other. Some of it was birthed out of just people walking into our facility and not speaking. We come from a, a, a neighborhood and an upbringing that when you walk in a place, you introduce yourself, you say hello, good morning, good evening, something. Kids today walk in and don't speak to people. And that's that was just unacceptable in the household that I grew up in. So we wanted to take basic home values and home principles and bring it into our everyday uh, interaction that we here at the academy. And so we weren't going to allow people to come into our facility and not get to know somebody else. That was the charge that Dayton gave us to bring urban, suburban, and rural together. And so if people walk in and just come in and take, I mean, that's, that's a basic fundamental issue that we have in our society today. People are takers and not givers. We want our kids to be givers. And part of that starts out with a basic, uh, salutation of I recognize you, you recognize me. Okay. And so if you don't take the time to say, Hey, my name is Bob Fesco. And for me to say, Hey, I'm Darwin Penny, then how are we ever going to break down the, the wall that may have been placed between us from systemic, uh, uh, profiles and things like that. We, we got to get past all that. Mm -hmm. now, so when, when you started to do this and, and to where you are now, how have you seen 
kids change and, and kids adapt to this program and maybe kids grow and change their lives because of it? Um, certainly, we've had kids that are from uh, more affluent areas and some of our, our Royal Scout teams and things like that. Uh, we were able to do that through our, our Sandlot program where we asked those guys to come and be mentors and and part-time coaches to the kids that come from this neighborhood who've never, who may have never been exposed to baseball or softball. And here's your chance to give back. And, and it's something that Dayton requires and, and all of our people requires. We've seen kids now have relationships with kids that they might not have ordinarily had one with because now when they come to the academy and they see each other, they're, they're having a good time, they're laughing. And we've also uh, saw that within our after-school program that now I want the kid to be able to see a kid that maybe come over here through our scout team program that may be from Olathe, but one of the kids that are here from the third district, when he sees him, that he immediately knows his name and he calls out to him and they're waving at each other. And that's, that's all part of it. So we've seen it grow. We've seen it improve, but we, we, we again have a ways to go just because of maturity levels of kids. And so some of them are not just as comfortable with it just, just yet. When you said earlier, you know, we want people to be part of the solution. What what are some ways people can be part of the solution to what's going on right now in the United States? Because I think we all want to feel like we want to do something, but I don't think a lot of us know what we can do and what we should be doing. First, the first thing is is recognizing that there is an issue. There are so many people that still say that there's there's not an issue. It's something that you're that you're making up, and when people see things like Black Lives Matter, they immediately say, well, that it somehow is taking away from the fact of saying uh, that all lives don't matter. What we're say- what people are saying is that there is uh, an inherent disproportionate of young African-American men that are being killed out in the street by police officers many times from the opposite race. We're saying that there are issues. Um, when's the last time you saw um, two African-Americans riding around in a tr- truck and, and, and somebody uh, white out jogging and, and they wound up dead over it? That's, that's not what we're seeing. That's not what's happening. And so what we're saying is, is realize that there are systemic issues that have never gone away, but now a lot of it is being captured by video. Okay, acknowledge first that there is a problem. In order for us to move forward, we have to first acknowledge that there is a problem. As long as we don't acknowledge there's a problem, right? It's the basic principle of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? I have to first say that I'm an alcoholic. Let's say that we are a broken country and that we have some issues, but we want to get better. Then, once we've acknowledged it, then how can I be a part of the solution? I think there are about three or four areas where people can be a part of it, where we, we see that the system is broken, okay? There's a huge gap in education, right? All you got to do is go back to this, this semester and how many, how many schools in the suburbs were equipped and had all of the necessary tools for virtual learning versus how many uh, kids in the urban core did not have that. If I'm in, if I'm in, the, in the suburbs, I've got a laptop, I've got an iPad that if I got two kids, they both can be on classes at the same time. Whereas in the urban core, they said, well, you have people like Patrick Mahomes and other people who gave out 
who went to Verizon and bought hotspots. Okay, so now they have that, but we've only got one device and I got four kids trying to use one device. They can't all be on at the same time, right? All you got to do is go look at the library in schools and you can see that there is a disproportionate dis a difference when it comes to education, okay? Then let's talk about economics, okay? How many people uh, would be willing to go and um, sit down and have a meal at a black-owned restaurant, okay? Go to the other side of town and, and, and sit down and, and have a meal, okay? And so that there's economic support uh, within that community, okay? So we talk about economics. Or would you be willing, if you were a um, financial uh, planner or analyst being willing to go into uh, educate people financially in the urban core that don't have the same resources and how to acquire, um, you know, economic stability and then maybe even produce long-term wealth. We ain't even trying to deal with long-term wealth right now. We're just trying to deal with economic stability, right? What home ownership looks like, things like that. Okay. Um, I think there's another uh, important area that we can do, and that is the process that we call our judicial system and to realize that there are some uh, opportunities to grow in our judicial system where um, you can see people from different races commit the same crime, but the punishment phase is not the, not equal. And then certainly within our voter, okay, would you be willing to leave your comfortable neighborhood, go over into an uncomfortable neighborhood and help people register people to vote? Are you comfortable with them not voting and not having equal representation? Do you think, and, and do you get the feeling that this is like, the time we will all finally listen and understand that there is a systemic problem in America because we've been debating it on the show a lot and you, you get some feedback. You know, one of the guys on the show, Ryan, our producer is like, man, we, we've been dealing with this for, for decades and for centuries now. I want this to be the time where we all change, but I don't know if it is going to be the time where we all change. And, and my point is, I think for the first time with the pandemic happening the way that it did, everybody's been kind of you know, captivated in their homes or, or, you know, in their homes with this pandemic. We're all watching TV. We're all seeing stuff maybe we've never seen before. Do you think because of all that, maybe this is the time where we finally all wake up and realize, oh my God, we've got a problem here and we can all work together and solve it? I'm going to ask you a question. Are you, are you familiar with the Emmett Till story? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I, my hope is that um, the, the murder of George Floyd will serve as the spark like Emmett Till's death did when his mother was willing to allow them to have an open casket funeral to see what they had done to her boy. The fact that this man looked into this camera and, and snuffed the life out of this man, regardless of what some people may say he did previously, nobody believes that they should die in the street. Okay. And this guy defiantly looked into the camera with his hands in his pocket, basically saying, there's nothing that any of you guys that are filming can do anything about it. I think that can be a spark and a turning point because even some of the most conservative school of thought people said, this is wrong, this wrong. And to see three other officers who would do nothing, I hope that this is this generation's time to finally get people. It took Emmett Till dying for, for the NAACP to really get launched 
and get in a position where a huge part of the um, movement with Dr. King was propelled by a lot of those actions. You know, everybody always wants to start it with Rosa Parks, and I think certainly there has validity, but, but when you really understand Rosa Parks, it was more of a staged uh, event to say, hey, this is where we want to draw attention to this. Emmett Till's was not staged by any um, stretch of the imagination, and this was not staged by what happened to George Floyd, and so I think this could potentially be that, and it doesn't hurt that it's happening in an election year. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I think finally there, there are people you're hearing from who you've never really heard from before. I think it has taken on um, a, a big, obviously, uh, groundswell of support within the sports community as well, having Patrick Mahomes and Tyron Matthew and a lot of the big-name stars of the NFL produce a video, even Roger Goodell getting a video out and producing a video. I, I think a lot of people that we're hearing from now are people who were even back in 2016 kind of just looked the other way and didn't realize there was a major problem in this country right now. Now they're going, oh, look at what's going on. And everybody's going, we tried to tell you this was an issue a long time ago, and now you're just waking up. Absolutely. I, I think that people got into a very difficult situation as to where we were in 2016 simply because of the slogan that our president chose to use is to make America great again. And so there, there was a lot that was read into make America great again. Well, who has it always systemically been great for? So what you were saying is that we're, we're going we're gonna to make it great. It wasn't saying it from a political standpoint. That's way not the way I read it. It was like, well, the way things have been run the last eight years was systemically wrong because of who was running the country. And so I, I think to me that incited a lot of what I would call not gone feelings, but harbored feelings that had not come out. And then a lot of these things in the last four years, we have seen a lot of these tragic uh, situations happen um, in the last four years, because I think that we stoked a fire that we thought was dead, but it was some embers that were burning um, to do that. I think we all have a chance to move forward with all of this, but it's not going to happen without hard conversations and when coming to a harsh reality that we are broken and flawed, not just as America, but as, as mankind. And, you know, you, you sit at a place where, like we talked about at the beginning, you, you get to deal with kids and families from, from all over the city, all over the area, from all kinds of different backgrounds. Can, can you give some examples to some folks who, and, and I hate to say this, may not understand, may not know, like everyday racism that exists in this country? It's just not an incident here or an incident there. It, it's, it's something that happens almost, not almost, but happens every day. Yeah, I, you know, I... It's hard when when you deal with sport um, because it has been such a uniter where where there's been other incidents that are not as as unified. Um, I just wish sometime people could allow themselves to come to our facility and then look at outside right outside of the gates of this uh, unbelievable baseball facility is a basketball court, right? Mm -hmm. Basketball court is, is not di very diverse in, in who's playing out there. 
but to see some of the faces of people coming into our facility who may not be from the community and to see how they look at the people who are on the basketball court. They don't look at them as though they're just a bunch of young people having fun. They look at them because of how they go about having their fun and it's not the way they would have fun. It's something's wrong with it and there's nothing. It's just a bunch of kids having fun and how they play basketball may be different than how they play in your neighborhood, but it's still the same. I think we also find ourselves um, when it comes to some of these issues that have happened between um, African-American men and the police, the first thing we try to always reach back for is he must have done something wrong. We give the policeman the benefit of the doubt, but we don't give the person who this act has been perpetrated the benefit of the doubt. Why is that? Why is that, that that we don't give them the benefit of the doubt? And I think that, too, uh, we find ourselves today struggling to embrace other people's differences, right? Um, We are in a very, very different America than when I grew up in. You know, I'm 53 years old. It's very, very different. And we don't always embrace other people's differences. Uh, today, we are such a singular society of specialization that we don't want to broaden our area, broaden our areas. I talk to kids all the time about being baseball, like go play football, go play basketball, go do something else besides play baseball because you get a chance also to meet a different set of people. You know, if you play baseball all the time, and that's the only sport you play, and especially with the nature of travel ball, you got about seven or eight families that you're used to being around and we do everything together, okay? How am I going to meet somebody else that thinks a little bit different than me, dresses a little bit different than I do, okay? Maybe eats a different cuisine than I do. And we we have, in this era of specialization, we've pigeonholed ourselves so bad that our horizons haven't been broadened whatsoever. Yeah, they might have been in a book, but not when it comes to the human element. And I think that's what people forget. We are not robots. We're not machines. But we're made to be relational. And there's only one way that that happens. Okay, Not in a book, not in theory. There has to be interaction from me to you, from brother to brother. I want to leave you with this. And I... I, I hope you can understand what I'm trying to say because, look, I'm in sports, right? And sometimes with the, the, the way we, we say things and do things a little bit different than, you know, what they do in the real world. How can we sports away from sports? And, and what I mean by that is how do we take the celebration for three hours as fans, the, the bonding as fans inside a stadium, regardless of who we are, how do we take that three hours and make that 24 hours a day, seven days a week in our lives? And, and and I hear you, but my, my whole life has, has centered around sports, right? From being an amateur athlete through college and, and getting an opportunity to play professional baseball, coaching at the professional level, being a high school coach, athletic director. Nobody is more sport than I am. But here's here's what we have to do is sport has to have its place. Okay. Where is its value? Sports value is in the lessons that it teaches not in the reward that it brings. And we have to teach that at an early age. And we have to realize that the other great thing that sport brings about is 
a common goal, right? We have gotten away from having common goal. That's something very simple. You know, let, let's find a common goal. Okay. Now, we may have different ways that we get to it, but if we sit down at the table and you and I say, well, we want to have steaks, and you say, well, I want it pan-seared, and I say, well, I want it charcoal. Okay, let's start breaking it down and figure out how can we get this steak together, right? And to do it, we may even come up with something creative that we can pan sear it on one side and charcoal it on the other side, you know, and, and now we've got a pretty tasty thing like that. The thing that I want to help people understand is this basic concept is that we are all a hunk of dirt, okay? All of us, we could go take our best lye soap bath, whatever your favorite soap is, go scrub yourself down real good. And then I want you to go get an alcohol prep and run it across the area that you think is the cleanest and see won't dirt come off of it, okay? This, this human body, your dirt might be lighter than my dirt, but it's still dirt. And I don't think there's a reason for one hunk of dirt to be turning their nose up at another hunk of dirt. And if we could just accomplish that, Bob, I think we can go a long way at how we view each other. I really enjoyed chatting with Darwin. And as you can see, there's something all of us can do to help move our country forward. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.